Welcome to River's Edge Sermon of the Week. Thanks for joining us today. We're really believing that you'll benefit from the message that you're about to hear. A big thank you to those of you who share our podcast on social media. And thanks for rating and reviewing us on iTunes. For more information about us, please visit riversedgechurch.com.au. Jesus, a name above all names, existed from the beginning. Life was created, light that shone eternally. Darkness can never extinguish it. gave us the name and rights of his very own child, makes us new again, spiritually reborn. His abundance gives us one gracious gift after another, unfailing love and faithfulness in everything. He has the supremacy, the most excellent one, the most exalted one, holding first place, supreme over all. Jesus, does anything matter more? We live in a life we function maintaining all the balls fun, in the air. Which one is it now? Education, it is high or low, or is career, it in this food, hand or that? Loudest, we move at a pace that is constantly in flux. We live in How do we decide where to turn our attention first? We move at a pace that is Need constantly urgency, in flux. Priority, How do we decide where to turn our attention sickness, first? Fitness, food, fun, Which recreation, education, relaxation, career, fear, value, the loudest, the Where? How? So many priorities to juggle. Is there one that sets the others in motion? Is there a first, a best, a right, an absolute? How do we steward our lives? How do we live in love and community? What do we follow? Which way do we walk in? Is there an encounter with this one that matters most? He beckons, come and see, drink and don't thirst. Follow me first and all else will fall into line. Have we forgotten? to recognize that he dwells within. The breath that brought forth life at the beginning, our hearts are his home. That in everything he would have the preeminence, nothing, nothing matters, matters more. He is first in everything, nothing, nothing matters, matters more. more. Jesus, front and center, nothing matters more. Really, that is the phrase that we are believing will be the cry of our hearts over the course of this year, that nothing matters more, nothing matters more in Jesus than Jesus. Like we, I, this is a challenging time to live in. It's an exciting time to live in. There is, there's so many different things. We, we've never really experienced life like we have. We... we we're going through what we do. We do the best that we can. But the challenge for us is to live with the conviction, to live with the lifestyle that nothing, nothing matters more than Jesus. Nothing matters more than Jesus. I have had the wonderful privilege of just reflecting, really sort of praying. And, and, and sort of every year, I think, God puts a word, a phrase on my heart. And I just couldn't get past the Gospels. So a lot of actually my time off from the sabbatical and pretty much since then, I've read other bits and pieces, but I've just read and read the Gospels over and over. I, I think if the world could see Jesus, they would, they would say, he, he, he's amazing. He was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Like he was God who came to this world 
And people who were so far from God went, I want to know this person. People did all sorts of ridiculous things to try to find him, to know him, to connect with him. They, they tore a hole through the roof to sort of be there. Zacchaeus, who was very prominent, man, climbed up a tree. People, just to see Jesus, people who were so desperate for him said, oh, I want to know you. I, want to, I, I just want to experience you because he is God. He revealed, Hebrew says that he reveals who the Father is. He is the great high priest in Hebrews who now prays for each and every one of us, mentions you by name. God, I'm lifting up. He is the baptizer who brings the Spirit to us. He is the head of the church, the chief shepherd, the coming king, the risen Lord. The Lamb of God who was beaten, broken, abused, rejected, spat on, and on the cross said, Father, forgive them. And at that moment reached out to someone on his left and his right and tried to tell them of the love of the Father. This is the Jesus that we serve. I think that if people could see him, it would be amazing. I think if we could see him, it would be incredible. I want to read to you from Colossians, which is really sort of one of the key scriptures. There's lots of scriptures here. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Or another translation says he holds first place in everything. Really the phrase that I would love us to, really I think the cry of our hearts this year should be that nothing matters more. Nothing matters more. And if we can go to the next. And we've been singing about it this morning. And, and great thank you to the worship team. to like just Because we want you to sing that song. Like nothing matters more. Nothing matters more than Jesus. And I am convinced, because you're here today, that's exactly what you want to do. You do. If you're here, if you're watching online, however, you, you, you say, yes, Luke, you're right. Nothing matters more to me than Jesus. But the challenge is that at times, people cut in. 
we get distracted, we lose focus, we lose passion. We, there are things that happen to us, if we're, just, if we're honest, that cause us to not actually say yes in everything he would have the preeminence. It, we, we sort of go, oh, sometimes, occasionally, but really the heart beat this year is that nothing matters more than Jesus. And so I, I want to I look at four different areas. And we use this as a prop, not this barrel, but the... Um, can you grab that, pass that up, please? Awesome. Thank you. I love using props. Um, thank you uh, to my wife for thinking of how this actually works, but to Mari for actually creating um, this amazing blackboard. That was amazing. So much effort and went into this. It's great. I'll show you something in a minute. But I, I think you do, like at the cry of your heart, if I pushed you, you would say, yes, Jesus, nothing matters more to me than Jesus. How are we going to, as a church this year, do that? Regularly, systematically. What can we do and how can we do it together as a community? And so I'm going to look at, we're going to look at four different areas, if we can. Okay, I'm going to number one. And I think there's lots of things that we could do to say nothing matters more. But if we go to the first slide, I want to spend some time this year looking at the practices of what it is to follow Jesus. There's a lot. Out of um, this whole, the last few years, I don't want to mention words, but just the challenges of all that stuff, the corporate gathering, what it is to be a Christian has been challenged. And actually the reality is most people are going, well, what is it to be a follower of Jesus? Let's actually simplify it and bring it back to what it looks like. And it is following Jesus. They weren't called Christians until later on. They were, Jesus called people to follow him. He said, come follow me. He didn't say, come, come join my club. He didn't say, come be a Christian. He didn't say anything. He said, just follow me. You'll be changed on the way. And they would learn what it is because Jesus was a rabbi. He was a teacher. And they knew that they were to follow him. And as the scripture says that I can't read, because um, I, can't, I can probably read in the back. He says that, this in John 13, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. They were to be disciples. They were to be followers of Jesus and practice what he did. And so we're going to be looking this year at what he said, what he did, and, and, and spend time with him. We, we do that. I mean, you would know, what is this actually, what is, Luke, what does this word mean? What the practices of being a follower of Jesus. So we pray because Jesus prayed. We spend time with him because the disciples, he appointed 12 that they might be with him. I don't encourage us this year to spend time with him. We can, all, we can do things for him. We can say things for him. But our primary 
calling, the primary practice of what it is to be a follower of Jesus to spend time with him. And so we're going to be looking at that, encouraging each other at that, talking about what it is to actually follow him, to be with him, to spend time in prayer, to be like Mary, who, if you understand this, this is not just, oh, Martha and Mary, one works and one doesn't. Mary was a disciple in a time when women really couldn't be disciples. She's there learning, going, I'm sitting at the disciple, I'm sitting at the rabbi's feet to learn what it is to follow him. It's extremely countercultural. But he's, she's there. We need to learn, I think. Part of what it is to, that nothing matters more than Jesus to do what he did, to be with him, to become like him, and to do what he did. And so he fasted, he prayed. He spent time alone. We follow the words and the ways and the works of Jesus. And I want to unpack what does that look like in 21st century Sydney, where we're captivated. Attention spans are gone like that. We live in an instant age. So how do we be a follower of Jesus? How can I say in my workplace, in my family, everywhere, nothing matters more than Jesus. So we're going to spend some time Looking at that. And I think one of, the, one of the exciting things I want to spend about a month on is learning how to hear the voice of Jesus. Like hearing his voice. I, I think, because he said, my sheep will hear my voice. And I think there are people here that are like, I've never heard God speak to me. Ever. This year, I'm believing that will change. Because as we learn how to listen to his voice, we can then go and do incredible things for him rather than just go, well, I'm copying what happened. Yes, copy, do. But have you heard what he said specifically for you? Because I can read the Bible. It's great. But it doesn't tell me whether I should give up this career and go here. It doesn't tell me to, what, about some of the specific things. But the Spirit of God is whispering and speaking all the time. Revelation says, him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit would have to say. All right, number two, what would it be like for us? Let's go to the next one. Community. And this is an incredible scripture. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe of the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number. Because everyone looked around and went, Who, what is this community of people that we could actually be a part of? A lot of people look at this and go, oh, but that's, that is, you know, we know what happens next. Ananias and Sapphira, people, all this stuff. But Luke wrote this deliberately to give us an image of what the church could actually and should look like. That it's a group of people that are committed to each other, called out and loving one another. I'm deliberately using the word community rather than church. 
Because in this passage here, it doesn't say the word church. It says the word fellowship. They had everything in common. They met together in the temple courts. They met in homes. I really think that as a church, I would love us to reimagine what it is like to see the community of faith come together. We have incredible gatherings on Sunday mornings. I love that to continue. Friday nights, fantastic for youth. We have corporate fantastic gatherings. I love that. There's there's something about that. The band was fantastic this morning. I've listened to that song. It just doesn't sound the same as actually in a room of people worshipping Jesus. It doesn't... It doesn't work for me. I can play it on my guitar. It doesn't work in the same way. So it's awesome. I love that. We need that. But we need one another. We need to be in community. And I'm using that word deliberately. I'm not that I'm anti the church, which means called out. I understand all of that. But I'm trying to just shift your brain. If Jesus mattered more, nothing matters more than Jesus, what does that look like in the expression of you and your household? in your gatherings and your commitments to one another. And I think it's that, that Jesus has called the church, it's his body. It's, it's his bride, it's who he's passionate about. And I know it's easy to say, oh, the church has got problems and this and that. It's very easy. But I'm also very cautious about speaking ill of someone's spouse. I, I, I wouldn't do that. I, you know, we've got to honor. And so I, I want to challenge us to think well of the church corporately. God is the judge of the church. He'll do what he needs to do. But like, let's focus on our temple, our gathering, and our inner gatherings, like our connect groups. But even outside of that, that's, that's a structured thing. But some of the things that have helped me most are people that have called me or said something to me or prayed for me or gathered alongside of me. We all need that. That's what will help you live a life that nothing matters more than Jesus. And then, and then, I think it will spill out inside these walls. It will spill outside your personal, interpersonal relationships to impact other people that don't know Jesus yet, that we will impact our community, our, our, our neighbours and the nations. Like, it was awesome. Like, we heard about what was happening in Turkey. We had the funds because of the fundraising we did last year. Ali's like, where are you there? You normally sit there, so I'm over there. She, she's like, can we do this? And I'm like, let's do this. We have, we have the money and we can make a difference now, right now. We have contacts and we were able to do that because people have given, they've devoted themselves. It's amazing. Imagine if we all could do that. What what was it going to look like, I think? And this is what I'm excited about this year. You'll hear more about it next week with what we're doing in Changemakers. But I'm excited about what we can then go and do outside of the four walls of our church to impact people just show them the love. Because they saw the joy. They saw something that happened in them and went, that's incredible. It wasn't just the, the, the stuff that they sold and gave and did. The, the, but they saw the community and went, wow, you're incredible. So we can do great things in the community. And we have, and we're, through a partnership that we have, 
we now um, have DGR, uh, we can offer tax deductibility to impact what we do in and through all of that stuff that we're going to be doing, and you'll hear more about it next week. It's going to be incredible. It's fantastic. We, that, and for me, we can just love people. But when they look back and see us, what do they see? Are we full of... What, what, what do they see? What does the community... What does the church, what does the gathering, the small group of people actually, who are the expression of the church, what do they look like? In this early utopian view, they went like, man, these people, they they had joy, they're committed to each other, something about that. I think that we can touch on that. I believe this year that that's what we want to see. Next one. Stewardship. Nothing matters more than Jesus. And I think that will be clear by the way we handle our time, our talents, our treasure, the things that we have. Over and over again in Matthew 25, there's the parable the person that has all of these talents, these, it, for them, are bags of gold. And there's three different responses. Two of them give back what they have. They've been given, entrusted something. They were a steward of something. And really, that's what we are as, as Christians. We're not our own. We are, in, we are given something. And one day, we will face an accountability for our time, how we did the, all of that stuff, for what we did with it. And we want to give it back to Jesus. We want to be wise and, and, and thoughtful of how we do it. And people will, and, and one day Jesus will look at us and the cry of my heart is that he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've done well with what you've been. I'm going to entrust you with more. I think that's not just a future thing. I think God will entrust us. If we are faithful with what we have been given right now, God will go, okay, I can trust you with this. You can have more. You can have more. And I think the challenge for us is to be um, great stewards of what we have that everything I have is from him. So I work. We get employed. But ultimately, I'm entrusted with something and I want to be a steward of what he's given us. There might be in those moments, those opportunities that God opens a door for you. Can you steward that well? That you might get that promotion or the other opportunity or another conversation. Whatever it is, we've all been given something. And his... I just I want to put this out there. I'm going to plant this as a seed, so to speak, of what I believe, what I'm hoping for. Because um, I think for some people, and you might, okay, well, that's awesome. That's great for you. But I just want to point this as a seed. We, we rent this facility. We've got another about two and a half years to, to decide whether we want to keep going. And it's been great. It's, it, is, it is a phenomenal facility. But I have it on my heart to actually buy something. Because I think it, it, it's a stake in the ground to say, yes, we're here. We, we are a church that isn't just for here. We're, and I think for us as part of this future focus is we, we want to move forward. We want to believe more than just this generation. We've, our church is 14 years old. We've been fantastic, I think, with the stewardship of where we've been able to be and to get to where we are. But in my heart and head is like, God, I want to do more. I want to be able to have a, a facility that we can 
purchase and do them. And, and some of you might, are you on planet or are you on? I totally get it. I totally get it. But faith, and you think you need to have faith to believe that bigger than where we are right now. And I know some of you are already, you're business-minded and cre- you're creative entrepreneur. You've got, I know how we can do that. Awesome. I don't. So I just, I went to a factory this week as part of what I do and the other business. And, I'm, and I sat there and went, this would be awesome. I could put kids down here, that little outdoor area that we could put a basketball court and they say, like, I was just, I was like, I, I bought the land in my head. I was like, oh, this is amazing. The other guys were there about the business thing. I'm just like, what did you, I think it, it was a great place for church. I, I thought that's all I could think of. Did the other thing, but I just went, this is what we need. And, and look, we haven't been able to employ the people that we wanted to employ. Let's be perfectly frank, just because we have, our budget isn't there. That's okay, but I'm still putting it out there. I'm like, I believe that if we can be great stewards, because if nothing matters more than Jesus, then it's like, God, I want to be a great steward with what you've been giving us. We need to be great stewards of this time and this season in the church of where we are. And so that's something that I want to do. The last, hopefully this works. It's the moment of truth, Maureen. Did this actually work? You know, you can't just pull this up. You have to study to be able to do Yeah, everyone's like, everyone that knows this is like, yes, you have to actually. Let's go to the next slide while you, oh, you're already there. Thank you. If nothing matters more than Jesus, then I think. That we need to have vibrant living encounters with him. Jesus preaches the Dracula sermon about drinking his blood. And a whole bunch of people go, that's just the weirdest thing ever. People who follow Jesus, the word there is disciples, leave. Go, it's too strange, I'm not doing this. And so he says to Peter, what are you, what are you going to do? I love Peter's response. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. It wasn't the teaching that convinced Peter. He didn't go, I, I, I can totally appreciate that what you're talking about is a metaphor, it's the Lamb of God. Like he doesn't, he just, I don't understand that. But I, had, I know you. I've had an encounter with you. I have no idea what you're talking about. But I know you and I'm not giving anything up. Nothing matters more because I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I believe as a Pentecostal church that we need to give people, we need personally an encounter with a God who is alive, who speaks, who acts, who heals, who touches, who is present that people will come into our church and go, God is there. As great as our services are, I can't make that happen. I could use amazing lights and blah, blah, blah. I still can't do that. We need God to come. We need to hunger. We need to pray. We need to be, position ourselves in a place where God's like, if we draw near to God, he draws near to us. We need to be in the place and we need to be desperate for those places of an encounter with God. It's like Joshua did in the tabernacle. He, he lingered because he wanted to encounter. It's the woman pushing through for the issue of blood. Whatever the barriers came, nothing mattered more. Like David who worshipped God. It didn't matter what anybody else thought. Nothing mattered more than God. 
Here's the thing. Nothing matters more. And, and, and for each of these things, I, I, I believe that, that that's, there's a significant part of what we're going to do over this year. We want to practice what it is to follow Jesus. We want to be in community and, and, and be out in the community. We want to have these encounters. And we want to be wise with what we've been. We want to be stewards of what we have. That in itself is a great program. And I said there, Luke, that's amazing. I'll, I will tell you how we're going to do some of that stuff. But ultimately, it can just be religion. It can just be hype. It can be actually no substance. Which is what I want to encourage us to pray, to believe, and to ask the Holy Spirit to come. Because what we need, because this could be us, say, God, come, we, nothing matters more than you. We want to reach people for Jesus. We want to influence our world for Jesus. Come. And what we need is the hand of God the wind of the Spirit, outside of all of this, to come and touch one part of what we're doing. And it moves. See, that's what we need. Like, in our own self, by ourselves, it's great works. And then we go, yes, oh, that's fantastic. Woo! I'm telling you now. I understand all of that. That's a great vision of what we want to do, but I am desperate for God to come and move. Say, God, we want to do all that we can. We might have $10 million in the bank. Still wouldn't matter if God doesn't turn up. Right? This is what I'm I'm saying. I'm saying we can do all of this, but God, I'm desperate for you. Come, speak to my family. Touch my connect group. Encounter all of these kids on this youth camp. Like, it's going to be amazing. Like, whatever it is that we do, like, the stuff that we're doing in the community, I'm pumped for next week's message to hear. Ali's going to give a report. Two weeks? I can't wait that long. Um, I've built it up for next week. I'll tell you, everyone's going to come. Come next week, you'll be guessing. It might not know if it's going to be this week or next. So just come for both weeks. Um, but ultimately, we need the Spirit of God to move. And I, I'm using this illustration to help you, to get you focused and praying, because we can do all that we can. And sometimes you're like, I'm doing my bit. And it's like, yes, let's just let the wind of the Spirit come and breathe and move upon it. So, I'm going to wind up in a moment, but let me, if we go quickly to the next couple of things, yep, that would have been good there, that's, take a photo of that, anyone wants to take a photo, let's go to the next one, next one. Here's some things that we want to do, um, and that we're already doing, um, for you to think about. So, we've got... Um, Edge Kids broke. I can't see the back, you know. Look, they can see the front, yes. Um, it's incredible, the great programs that we do. And we want to do some stuff in the holidays in June. July this year, sorry. That's, uh, next one. So we've got a great opportunity with our youth this year. And through partnering with another church, we've got a youth camp coming up. It's going to be incredible. I'm, as a parent, can I encourage other parents... Make your kids work super hard to pay it off, but give them a way to get there. If you would love to sponsor it as well, 
if you would love to sponsor, I don't know why some person already would love to do that. It's an opportunity for you to do that. But we're going to do some fundraising and they're going to do some. But as a parent, it is the best opportunity for you to be a part of. They've got some great speakers coming um, to minister to them. Um, but young adults, we've got some great things there. And, and one of the things that we're going to do there is look at our freedom course and have a retreat specifically for young adults. It's going to be like a camp experience, but do some um we did a freedom thing at the end of last year, but we're going to tailor it specifically for them. And I, I believe that we'll encourage them and, and they will see a great move of God through that. Next. Libby was amazing last week, actually. Um, and she did this, um, talked about different phases. And what we're going to be doing is different parenting workshops throughout the year. If you want to save that date, let's go on to the next one. As we come up to Easter, uh, this is a bit of a, a flag. We want to we do a prayer and fasting. One of the practices that Jesus did was fast. We're not going to do 40 days. So it's already better, isn't it? Like it's already better. I, like 40 days is just way too long. We're doing 10 days. Thank you. See, that's better. Everyone else is doing 21, 10. Let's start with 10. Some of you just do one, that's fine. Um, but we really, we're part of that, we want to have an encounter night as part of that to kick that off to celebrate what God is doing in and through Easter. So we get praise and worship. Let's go to the next one. Uh, we're gonna, we want to, um, we did this last year. It was amazing. Um, we raised lots of money towards what we want to do in and through the community um, locally here. And so we're going to do that again this year. Um, the awesome part about it is of everything that we do locally through a partnership that we have, um, there's some tax deductibility. So we'll explain more about that in the future, but save the date. Um, what else have we got? Is that it? Next. That's it. We're going to do men's and women's events throughout the year. I guess part of the community thing as well. Um, and do marriage things. And, and so I don't know where that was. Somehow it didn't make it into my PowerPoint. But we have those things organized and the dates will send them out. Um, but one of the things that I would love us to do today is to um, pray for our leaders um, that serve so faithfully in and through different parts of our... Um, so Catherine, why don't you join me? on the stage, grab the microphone because you're going to be praying in a moment. We, we, we count it a privilege to be able to um, pastor this church. It is an incredible privilege to do this. Um, and so Catherine does a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Um, she's very great at organising events, um, but also all the pastoral stuff that you do. So thank you. Um, but Pastor Yugi, why don't you come on the stage? She's been looking after our connect groups this year, aside from all the other pastoral things that she does. Alfred, um, I don't know what we're going to call out what Alfred does, but he's, look, this, this, these guys have been fantastic in our church life in being a, a, a huge help alongside us. Um, but Alfred is going to be looking after our services, all the, all the stuff that makes it work um, that no one would, really know about unless you just experience it and so um why don't you come onto the, um, the stage together together this um we we meet every week 
and we pray for you, and we, uh, we talk about you, actually, as well. Um, but Because we, we, what we want to see, we want, we want God to move. And we want God to move in this church, and so their thing is, what's in the way? How can we help people? Um, but alongside that, let me, because um, Libby, why don't you come up? She looks after our kids' ministry. She did a fantastic job preaching last week. I forgot to tell her that we were doing this, so she's left the class unattended upstairs. Um, so did Gary. So why don't you come down? There's the uh, youth. And, and behind these two great leaders are a bunch of people that serve in our kids' ministry and our youth ministry. Um, and if you, you want to be involved in kids' ministry, there's a, there's a space there's a space for you, um, or youth, uh, connect groups, whatever else you do. Um, but Jesse, you're leading playgroup this year. Why don't you come up? We want to pray for you as well. It's one of the great... We started playgroup um, 15 years ago in this church, before we actually started our church. One of the ways that we actually communicated uh, at a bridge into our community. Um, so it's awesome that that's still continuing in a different um, phase, so that's, that's amazing. Ali, why don't you come as you uh, lead our change makers? Fantastic. So in two weeks' time or next week, we're not sure, but she's going to come. And it's really, really, I'm telling you, I know it sounds like I'm blowing this up, but what we've already been able to do, and then we're having conversations and opportunities with, because we have this partnership now, that if we partner with people like the, the, the councils in the area and the funding that we could get through that to access that, it's, it's nuts. I'm telling you, the fields are ripe for harvest of what God could actually do. And we just, anyway, still I'm genuinely excited about this. Um, and then the other thing, um, so one of the things that I've been looking after is our worship team, and uh, um, that's been a challenge to do everything and do that. Um, and so a really young, amazing man, full of the Holy Spirit and power, Chris has decided to lead that thing. So why don't you come and um, do that? <clears throat> On top, look, we could get everybody up because everyone does everything in church life. Um, we have a board, we have a whole bunch of other people that do great and amazing things. But in terms of, I guess, the point things of church life and ministry. I wanted you to know who these people are because I, I'd love you to pray for them. Uh, we genuinely need your press and your support and encouragement. I think that's part of the community. And so um, I love you all. I appreciate what you do. We are better because you said yes and you do it and you work in your giftings. Um, what I thought would be nice is that, you know, I always love it, that at River's Edge, we're part of the people, aren't we? We're not over the people, even in our leadership roles. And so why don't you guys go down and go in both these aisles and just sag yourself down and we're going to get the people to pray and be part of our church because we're not, we're not removed. We're part of you. We want to see teams grow. We want to see the ministry of God go forward. And why don't you stand with some of these guys and girls and just believe for an impartation upon their life this year as they commit to serving um, you in church life this year. So why don't you come alongside them, stretch out your hand, put your hands on them. The Bible says that we can lay hands on people <laughs> and so that's what we're doing today. 
Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this amazing church. We thank you, Father, for what you've put on our heart this year. Lord, you matter the most. Lord, nothing else matters compared to you. And Lord, we thank you for these wonderful leaders who have hearts that, that say, Jesus, I want to serve you with my life. And Lord, they've made sacrifices to do this. And Lord, I pray you would send impartation by your Holy Spirit right now. I thank you, Father, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon each and every leader. I thank you that, Lord, you come and when you ask us to do something, you also empower us to do it. And so I pray for that empowering presence of God to be flowing in and through each one of these leaders. Lord, for Gary, for Libby, for Ali, for Chris, for Yugi, for Alfred, for Jesse. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are on the move. Come on, church, pray. Pray a prayer over them of blessing. Pray a prayer of impartation over their life. Come on, church, pray. Pray with passion. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are stronger together. Lord, we thank you, Father, for the gifts and the call upon these people's lives. And Lord, we just want to see them excel. I pray you give them dreams and visions of things for the future. I pray where there is strength required that you would empower them with the strength that's needed to do just not only the physical task, but the spiritual task. I pray that they would be a a team that do PBs in Christ this year, that they would do their personal best. And that's all you ever asked for, Lord. You've only ever asked for what we can give you to be our best. And so this, this year, Lord, together as a church, we bless our leaders. Lord, we pray, Father, for the various teams that they represent. We thank you, Father, for the way that you're going to flow in and through each and every serving team that we have. We thank you, Father, for the overflow that is going to cause others that aren't even part of River's Edge yet to want to be able to come to this church because there are people that know Jesus and they're hungry for Jesus. And I pray this year that we as a church would be your hands and feet on the earth. We'd be more like you. And Lord, we just commit this to you. We commit 2023 to you. In Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to River's Edge Sermon of the Week. For more information about us, please visit riversedgechurch.com.au.